You know, every Sunday we express our faith that Christ will come again to judge the living and the dead. We pray this in the creed. This is the issue St. Paul is discussing in today's second reading in his letter to the Thessalonians. One of the many problems and controversies that the Christians in Thessalonica were dealing with was the timing of the second coming of Christ. You see, as many in the early church, they believed that it was going to happen very soon. As a result, some of them started predicting exactly when. And they started interpreting natural phenomena and historical events as indications of the date. And this guessing game was distracting them from the real life mission. This is a common human tendency that we've noticed up and down the ages, and we notice even not in our own age. But St. Paul reminds the people of his time, and therefore of our time, that the only thing we know about the date of Christ's second coming is that we don't know the date of Christ's second coming. St. Paul strongly reaffirms the fact that Christ will come again, and until then we have to continue battling evil by building up Christ's kingdom here on earth. But he also stresses the fact that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. In other words, it will come unexpectedly. We cannot predict it. God has chosen to keep the date hidden. But since we know that it will come, St. Paul reminds us, we are no longer in the dark, so to speak. We know that the world's history will conclude, and we know that each of our own mortal lives will conclude. We just don't know when. As a result, Paul concludes, we should stay sober and alert, focusing on our task at hand of following Christ, and he says, not falling asleep, but giving in, by giving into worldly lifestyles of self-indulgence, getting swept away by the rat race, or discouraged by our secular culture, and therefore withdrawing. When Paul tells us to stay alert and sober, he does not mean that we should go through life disengaged and fearful. Christians are the ones who Christ calls the light. We're the ones who are awake. That means we are called to be lively and creative and active. And in fact, that's what all the best Christians have done up and down the ages. Fully engaged in life, using their talents to the maximum to glorify God and to build up his kingdom here and now. That's the lesson, in fact, we hear from today's gospel reading from Matthew chapter 25. The servants, praised by their master, are the ones who took their talents and went into business. That is, they got involved in the world around them. They took risk and challenged themselves. They lived with gusto and vigor. The foolish servant was the one who retreated 
and to himself, who refuse to make a commitment to take a risk to be engaged, to use what God gave him. As followers of Christ, we are called to transform the world, to spread the gospel directly and indirectly, to be then, therefore the best artists or the best athletes, teachers, spouses, parents, ministers, business people, politicians, scientists, moms, dads, and the list goes on. The best that the world can find in us. To use our God-given talents well, we must develop them fully and then put them into action, glorifying God, not ourselves, and serving others and bringing light into this sinful, darkened world. That's what St. Paul himself did. He didn't build a fortress around himself every time he got rejected. And he got rejected for preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ many times over. Sometimes entire cities went against him. He didn't just build a fortress around himself and passively wait for Christ to come again. He tirelessly preached the gospel, traveling all over the civilized Roman world in order to communicate God's offer of grace and goodness and beauty and truth to the world. That's the Christian spirit. Knowing that Christ will come again, that there is a purpose behind humanity and human activity has made Christian culture one of the most active, creative cultures in history. When you look at what Catholic Christianity has done for like civilizations throughout the last 2,000 years, it's incredible. Somehow in the last couple generations, we've withdrawn from that to the detriment of society itself and humanity itself. Our families and our spouses and our tr children and our schools. As Christ himself put it, I have come that they may have life and have it more abundantly. Knowing this should be the reason for each of us then to reconsider and reimagine our own personal mission as Christians in this world. The Christians Paul was writing to in Thessalonica believed so strongly that Christ's second coming was right around the corner that some of them, in fact, disengaged from the world and retreated within themselves, believing that the world was lost, so why engage it and try to save it or try to save others? Well, St. Paul corrected quickly this confusion as a spiritual father. And that's what I'm doing today as your spiritual father. Today, we can be faced with the same temptations. In light of, for example, the vote on issue one this past Tuesday, we can be tempted to disengage from the world, feeling that it is lost. So why try to save it? thinking that those who voted yes and, and our estimation won are the enemy. So why try 
to save the enemy. Friends, as Father John Ricardo likes to put it, there's only one enemy, the enemy. The enemy of God and the enemy of humanity, the devil. Everyone else are rebels in need of conversion, in need of saving, in need of us. We can find ourselves tempted in the opposite direction also, which can be equally misguided. We can believe that Jesus will come again, and he will, but then start thinking that it will it'll be, you know, somewhere out there, like maybe never in our lifetime. And if it, it, when he comes for us in the next 70 or 80 years, we naively take for granted that oh, I'm going to live for 70 or 80 years, so I might as well enjoy my own personal life here on earth. And what ends up happening, we compromise. We can forget that history could end at any time like a thief in the night, or that our own personal history could end at any moment since death is always at our side. When we do this, we forget these inescapable truths and what ends up happening is that we lose focus in life. We fall asleep, as St. Paul put it. What's the remedy? The wise woman we hear from about in our first reading from the book of Wisdom, chapter 6. This wise woman who is like the embodiment of wisdom. This is supposed to be each one of us wise men and women, who work hard all day long, and she puts her God-given talents at the service of those around her. Unlike her, we can tend to look at for a comfortable life, doing some good, and then feeling good about ourselves that we're doing some good, but thinking mostly how we can squeeze a reasonable amount of pleasure out of life's necessary duties and then we get distracted and then we lose focus and then we compromise and then everyone else around us and the world suffers because we are not living our Christian life today Jesus wants us to wake up to remind us that each one of us has a mission in his kingdom each one of us has a mission. Our mission is to spend our lives coming to know God, love God, and serve God while in this world. Not of this world, but in this world. And to help as many people along the way so that we, not me, but we can be happy with God and with them forever in the next world, in eternity. Knowing that God will eventually come for each of us and for the world, but not knowing the time, we should realize that we have very little precious time. We should not disengage from the world and other people and wait for it all to fall apart while simply trying to preserve ourselves and our families. No. The opposite is true. We must actively and energetically engage take risk 
expend our energy and time, be creative, and be bold and seek the lost to fulfill our mission as we put our God-given talents at the service of God's plan and for the good of others in our world. And this, my friends, will give us the happiness and the meaning we all long for. In this Mass, Jesus will supply all of the graces we need to wake up from our spiritual slumbers and live our mission more passionately and profoundly and impactfully. Let's give God the joy, ourselves the happiness, and others the benefit of putting those graces and gifts to good use across our lives and the lives of the people who dwell in the darkness of this world.